From somewhere in Northeast Indiana, Mike Davidson lives. And now your host of the podcast, Mike Davidson. Well, yes, Mr. Robert. Thank you very much. It's me, Mike. This is Mike Davidson Lives. Thanks for downloading this podcast and hanging out with me for about half an hour, give or take a minute or two. Always, always appreciated as uh, we're just a week out from 4th of July. Uh, More on that here in a minute. Kind of of a mini rant on that. Um, A couple mini rants. Nothing too terrible. Just want to kind of brag up, though, on uh, the nerd room slowly coming along i uh, was able to finally put together one of my uh, two bookshelves saturday pretty easy only took about an hour i could probably have done the other one but we got the recycling bin out along the side there and i didn't want to just inundate this stuff with cardboard it's more of kind of a conservation effort not necessarily because i'm a tree hugging hippie it's just i don't want to deal with uh, things overflowing and not ending up in the bin and Swearing under my breath that the trash guy or the recycling guy didn't take stuff out, but I was able to kind of uh, spread out the books on the the DC side of the office. Got to build one more for the Marvel books, and then after that, uh, not too bad. Got a lamp up here now that's a little dimmer than the uh, the overhead light, uh, which is just bright. Two things I've noticed uh, as I get older, and 43, depending on your age, you probably think I'm ancient. Or still a youngin, um, but uh, the older I get, the more irritated I get by louder noises and brighter lights. So the softer light is the way to go in here. And already, I just I, I feel better about doing this podcast. Not as uh, not as half-assed. So Fourth of July is a week from Tuesday. Uh, always looking forward to that. Always looking forward to you know setting things off, having fun and hamburgers and the like, but uh, two things to kind of rant about, because it falls on a Tuesday, and that's, that in Christmas, when, when it comes to the holiday weeks, because uh, yeah, depending on when they fall, I mean, you, you could probably go to work on a Monday, like this week, you have Tuesday off, and then you go back to work for three days, and it just kind of, it, it really kind of throws, throws things off, because you get two days off, and you're thinking, all right, I can't wait for the 4th of July, but I got to go to work. So you go to work this one day, and then you go back to having like a day off, which is kind of like a mini weekend. But you can't get wasted, or you not that I get drunk anymore anyway, but you can't go and have too much fun. Because the next day, you got to be at the office, the factory, the warehouse, wherever the hell you work, and you, you got to be somewhat productive. Uh, whereas, you know, you Thanksgiving weekend. You know, you got Thursday, and most people will have Friday off. Or, you know, with Christmas, yeah, I mean, it's kind of the same, but with the uh, 4th of July, I mean, it floats, but toward the end of the year, a lot of people opt not to come to work because, well, there's not much going on at the end of the year. But summer, yeah, it's it's really kind of hard to throw down this year, but uh, you know, I live near the country, surrounded by farm fields, surrounded by people with access to uh, M80s, It'll probably get a little louder here in the coming days. Um, and that doesn't really bother me. The, the, the mini rant here, uh, when people bitch about fireworks being set off, uh, because you'll, you'll see that on social media, like, hey, I just want to thank my neighbor for setting off fireworks at uh, 9.30 on a Tuesday evening. I got to go to work next morning. Uh, that doesn't bother me. 
Uh, in fact, uh, was it Friday? I came home late. Had to work a twelve-hour shift. That was fun. Uh, it was all quiet out in the neighborhood. Woke up the next morning, and my wife asked, "Hey, did you hear fireworks going off last night?" I'm like, "Well, no. Did you?" She goes, "No." But apparently, our uh, neighbors, who are pretty cool, that live next door, they they shot off quite a few fireworks that night. Neither one of us heard that because we slept through that. It, it takes a, a lot really to wake us up. Uh, it, and I'll say this too. It's better to have a house out in the country where people are shooting off fireworks instead of, say, living above uh, a, a girl and her deadbeat boyfriend whose name is not on the lease or the rental agreement. And they're arguing at Tuesday morning, two in the morning. At least the fireworks, you're having fun. Whereas, you know, with the argument downstairs, you're wondering, okay, do I call the cops or not? Things could always be worse. Uh, not that I want things to be worse, but it's it's not too bad. The fireworks never really bother me. All right, a uh, little flash talk here because this movie absolutely sucks. And I hold on, I got to bring up little uh, helper aid here. To kind of drive the point home, I've got all sorts of windows up on my um, smartphone here. But even after only taking in $55 million domestically last weekend and being number one at the box office, there was still talk that The Flash was expected to be number one this weekend at the box office. Um, that didn't happen. I mean, no hard feelings with Jennifer Lawrence came in third. It actually did pretty well, uh, all things considered. Elementals held on to number two. Um, Flash barely beat out, actually. Actually, I got that wrong. Flash barely beat out. No hard feelings. Uh, it came in third. But uh, Elementals beat the Flash, and that's considered a bomb. Into the Spider-Verse, or across the Spider-Verse, the, the new um, Miles Morales Spider-Man movie Sony put out. Uh, fourth week out, number one. A movie that's been out for a month has beaten a movie that's been out for two weeks. That was number one last week. The Flash has suffered a 70% drop in box office revenue, just to give you how an idea of how unpopular this movie is. And you, know, you, you go to Twitter and you see everybody saying, oh yeah, this is a great movie, you should go see it. Uh, I think the reaction is more or less mixed. Um, but uh, kind of give you the idea about uh, where Access Media stands when it's being honest about movies. And given who the star is of The Flash, uh, Screen Rant, which is kind of a hack site that I follow just for s and giggles, uh, it put out a list, a top 15 list, the 15 biggest factors in The Flash's historic box office bomb. Number one being it's tough at the box office, not just Marvel and DC. Two, sort of real, the superhero fatigue. Number three... Uh, the best superhero movie ever narrative didn't work. Well, actually, yeah, it didn't work. I didn't believe it from the word go. Four, James Gunn's DCU made the whole thing moot. Uh, number five, confusion and conflict with the CW, because, of course, the CW had the Flash show. Six, the incredibly tight limitations of the multiverse. Seven, the nostalgia does nothing. So Michael Keaton, apparently, uh, being in the movie, did nothing. Which, you know, I th thought from the word go, because... Again, I've got the two Michael Keaton Batman movies here. Uh, let's see. Eight. Uh, the Flash is super long leading marketing. Number nine. Flashpoint, a comic book story for a lesser proven Flash. Ten. 
Audiences don't love this version of the DC Universe, which is kind of true. 11, this should be higher up. The bad CGI narrative took over because the CGI looks bad. 12, fan and early screenings hurt. 13, the writer's strike hurt per, uh, wider promotion. I'm not sure why. Uh, number 14, the press tour was weakened by no Ezra Miller. That's a mystery. Or Michael Keaton. And 15, at the bottom of the list, the Ezra Miller controversies. The Ezra Miller controversies. Uh, screen Rant should be numbers 1, 2, and 3. Um, because, it, it, well, first of all, even if he wasn't such a freak and wasn't uh, in trouble with the law multiple times with multiple different situations, uh, Ezra Miller does not scream Barry Allen to me. If you're familiar with the comic books and the Barry Allen flash, Barry Allen does not look like a Justin Long knockoff like Ezra Miller does. But the fact that Ezra Miller uh, is a potential groomer, uh, assaulted fans, assaulted people at bars, uh, had guns and drugs around kids, uh, broke into people's houses, and never answered anything for that, that's the huge black guy here. And I think people have a long memory, like I've said before, a long memory about this stuff. And here is a movie that was uh, already a bomb, number one, and was still projected by Hollywood experts at the uh, beginning of last week as to finish number one this weekend, barely finishes third. By the way, uh, the Indiana Jones Dial of Destiny drops for 4th of July weekend. Oh boy. And it's only projected to be about $60, $70 million. But keep in mind, a few weeks back, The Flash was projected to make $60, $70 million first weekend only made $55 million. I think the Indiana Jones totals are going to be much, much lower. Uh, you know, keep it in uh, consistency with um, with Hollywood here. All right, uh, a couple of uh, things. Uh, the, the failed Russian coup this weekend. Uh, people are still talking about it. I guess the Wagner group in Ukraine fed up. Uh, the, uh, the head guy is like, all right, we're going to go and uh, take over Russia or some crap because we're not getting the supplies and guns and things we need which is kind of odd if you're under under supplied you're going to go up against the people that control the purse strings how are you going to win this battle um and i guess that started friday night and i don't think they made it to moscow and they just ended saturday afternoon and uh the head guy for wagner's like in uh, hiding in belarus and uh putin's offered contracts to the wagner soldiers to join up officially full-time with the wag uh the russian army and you know they're they're you know the people with the the ukraine flags in their profiles on social media were cheering this on saying how could this be a bad thing for ukraine um well yeah i don't really trust anybody in this little war that's going on over there in europe because uh you know the media doesn't tell you everything i don't trust uh, ukraine i don't trust russia or anything but it just it, the whole thing seemed weird and here it ends saturday and, you know, everybody's got theories as to what's going on. Is Putin a dead man walking? Is the guy from Wagner going to eat toxic soup or some crap? Uh, I don't know. I don't know. But I didn't trust the media when all this was going on. And I was uh, pretty much proven right. Because they thought for sure Wagner was going to overthrow Russia. But a, a little devil's advocate here. Um, even though I'm not um, a poli-sci major. Don't pretend to be. Well, I guess I am for this little bit here. Um, what would happen if Wagner did overthrow the Russian government, overthrow Putin? Uh, does that actually make Ukraine safer? 
because the the whole bitch here was that they were being underfunded, uh, undersupplied. They were losing guys left and right. If they took over the purse strings of Russia, they would have control. Would they just yield in Ukraine, or would they continue? Or if they didn't take over, who would take over? And you also got to keep in mind that Putin's pretty tight with some people like uh, China and the like. Um, I don't see how that would make things better in Ukraine one way or another. And I don't really trust the head guy in Ukraine, Zelensky. Uh, he's always asking for money. Uh, like I said, there's there's just a lot of fog in this battle. A lot of things not being said. And just you're, if you hear something or see something... Don't immediately react to it. Just kind of lean back, watch it unfold, and see where it goes from there. Because uh, wherever you think it may be going, it probably won't. All right. Uh, the submersible stuff. Uh, the su the sub little submarine that... Uh, this, this, this just absolutely sucks because I recorded the last podcast Wednesday night. And I was like, it's unlikely that these people down in the sub uh, that want to go see the Titanic uh, lived. It's just unlikely because they were running out of oxygen. Well, it turns out oxygen really wasn't a problem. It was the pressure from going down, down that deep. Uh, I guess there was a leak in the sub's uh, exterior, and uh, when they got down deep enough, uh, this was actually recorded by uh, naval observers. There was, the, the sound anyway, uh, a catastrophic implosion, which means the sub collapsed in on itself and pretty much crushed and tore apart anybody in that sub but the thing is that they're saying uh it happened so instantaneous like a nanosecond like they probably didn't feel thing but that's just a horrible way to go um you know five people and uh you know you have you have some people on the internet you know going well they're rich they they get what they get you know you have all these refugees that die in boats and no one cares about them yeah but i'm also not here's the thing I'm not posting uh, memes about refugees dying out in the ocean, okay? Um, and I'm not posting stuff about the the submersible here, because uh, rich or poor, it's human life. And uh, kind of an odd source to quote on this, Ricky Rockets of Poison even spoke up about this. And, you know, when I was reading his comments, he's just like, yeah, yeah I really can't believe people are doing this, man. People died do it here. And there is one guy, uh, one billionaire, who had the audacity to bring along his son for this trip. And that, that, that was their last moment together, this father and son. And it just made me think about my son, about my daughters. Uh, no way in hell I'd ever go on a submarine with any of these kids. But, you know, you, you get this idea of going out and doing something fun, uh, something unique like going to see the titanic and you know that that's your last moment together and it, it's just it's sad to think about and they, they they've had talked to a bunch you know the media does this they talk to experts and they're trying to figure out what happened and one of the experts kind of an expert i mean i wouldn't say he's a i mean he is a flaky hollywood type but he kind of knows what he's talking about here james cameron because he made titanic and he actually uh, is an enthusiast. He became an enthusiast when it came to uh, deep sea diving and all that stuff because of the movie. And he was talking about how he felt that an implosion happened. And uh, he has been down at the Titanic wreckage. But here's the thing. He, James Cameron has been down at the Titanic 33 times. 33 times. 
Um, that's a lot. And I'm wondering why you would do this 33 times. I mean, it would have to lose its appeal after like the sixth or seventh time because, I mean, the ship is down there. It's not going anywhere. Uh, it's rusting apart. It's uh, corroding away and eventually it will no longer be there. What's what's the point of seeing it 33 times? You know what I mean? Um, it'd be like, you know, could you imagine Elon, uh, not Elon Musk, Neil Armstrong doing that. I mean, oh, what's uh, what's the uh, what's it like going to the moon thirty three times? That's gotta be exciting, right? Meh. I mean, that's that's kind of the takeaway I took from uh, the interview I was reading there with uh, James Cameron. But uh, still, it just it it breaks my heart that you know there are families that are dealing with that loss. Um, no, no loss here. The writer strike is fifty days in, almost about two months. Um, because of all sorts of things when it comes to streaming and uh, getting uh, getting paid and all that stuff. And it, it will have an effect, unfortunately, on family movie theaters, family-owned movie theaters. I think AMC will be okay, but in terms of content, uh, this thing keeps going on. Uh, there may be smaller theaters that have to close about uh, because of this. But, you know, in the meantime, I mean, I've been catching up on movies and TV shows and reading books like Lord of the Rings. Uh, life goes on for me. I, I'm not sure how successful the writer strike is going to be for those guys and gals. Better content is needed. Speaking of which, Paramount Plus has taken a, a page out of uh, uh, Warner Discovery and Disney Plus, canceling shows and removing them from the platform. And among those... <laughs> That have been canceled and removed. Uh, Star Trek Prodigy. Uh, reality show Queen of the Universe. Which was a, a drag show. Um, and apparently no one was watching it. <laughs> and uh, Rise of the Pink Ladies. Which is supposed to be. A, um, a Grease prequel. It, they, they've been canceled. And they've been removed. From the platform. And people are upset. Show creators are upset. But the thing is. Again. If nobody's watching your damn show. It would still be there. Um, if if the uh, streaming platforms were making money. Bringing in all these subscribers. Uh, yeah, it might still be there. But if you're just uh, taking up space on a hard drive. Or a server. And uh, there's no money coming. Yeah. Guess what? You're gone. And you know. You know Disney Plus has done that. I mean nobody would. Two months after Willow, the series dropped, it was axed, and it's no longer on Disney Plus. Willow, uh, which was, you know, the, when I watched that movie back in the late 80s as a kid, I thought it was entertaining, but of course, this was before I was aware of things like Lord of the Rings. And HBO Max has been doing that with tons of other shows on their streaming platform. I mean, you remember when Westworld was just this hot awesome show just years back like that first season was just amazing and then just descended into pure dog shit i don't think that's on the streaming platform anymore content matters and if people aren't watching uh, you're in trouble gal gadot uh, i i gotta tip my hat to her i might even forgive her for that stupid imagine video she did during the pandemic a few years back because uh, she's got this new movie on Netflix. It's an action movie. She's going to be the lead, uh, the lead actress, the lead uh, hero in this. Heart of Stone, kind of a spy thriller type of thing where she's kicking ass, and she kicked ass in Wonder Woman. Wonder Woman 1984, not so much. Uh, but uh, they were talking to her, and uh, 
the subject came up about gender swapping James Bond, you know, female James Bond. And he, she, her whole thing was like, what's the point? Uh, I would rather come up with an original character, something with uh, my DNA on it, like my fingerprints on it. And she goes on to say, because guys and gals are built differently. So she's saying that uh, there's no way a woman could really be James Bond because James Bond is that hyper-driven masculine male. And she wants to be her own thing, original property. And that that uh, that's kind of a touchy subject. And I'll, and I'll say why. Because, you know, when they say, well, we got to make this character this, 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 because, you know, representation. You're taking uh, an IP or an identity that was made popular by one character and you're applying it to a different person altogether here uh, and saying, well, this person is like this for this movie. You're not coming up with an original an original character, an original property that could uh, be a little more diverse than somebody else. You know what I mean? You're not making something original. You're just hoping that the same audience will buy what you're selling with maybe a different look, a different aspect, without making an original character, an original property. That's what Gal Gadot is basically saying here. I don't know if anybody's going to take her to task in Hollywood because they're too busy right now on strike and we don't care about the strike. But I guess, I guess I'm going to have to check out this uh, this thing on Netflix. You know, when, when the kids go to sleep. Oh boy! Uh, by the way, a new Bud Light commercial dropped, uh, and it's uh, you know getting ready for summer and. Uh, uh, you know, all these people being clumsy and klutzy in the hot summer heat. Because <laughs> that's what we do in flyover country. We're just we're just bumbling morons when it comes to the summer. And uh, they tweeted it out on their account. For, uh, first tweet in about two, two and a half months. And they just got savaged. Savaged. Um, and it may be a while if they can even do so uh, before they can recover again. I don't think there's been um, any firing of their marketing team behind the whole Dylan Mulvaney uh, viral tweet. Because that is basically um, what got them in trouble to begin with. And nobody's been held accountable. You know, people have gone away on extended leaves of absence and all that bullshit. But uh, there's been no accountability there. Uh, until that happens, I don't think anything's really going to change. And, you know, somebody was saying, well, you know, if you, you talk about Dylan Mulvaney, I mean, like, basically Bud Light got political here. It's a hot-button topic, uh, transgenderism. And somebody was saying, well, this is about civil rights. Here's the here's the problem with that argument here. You know, it's not just social conservatives that got pissed off about this. Uh, I mean, they initially were. But when Bud Light decided to backtrack and go, well, we'll try to do better, we'll try to do better, there were gay bars in Chicago and Minneapolis that basically pulled Bud Light saying, hey, we're done because you're not representing us. That was the thing. Bud Light was already a, a an inclusive beverage. Anybody could go in and buy it. You could still go in and buy it. I mean, I won't harass you if you go and drink Bud Light. Uh, the the problem here was they decided they had to say something in their commercial, and when it turned out to be not so popular, they tried to say, "Oh, we were just you know, uh, just kidding," and then the people that they were trying to appease said, "Oh, really?" So they ended up being in a no-win situation. They pissed off both groups of people who like a cold beer 
on on a hot, sunny summer afternoon without tripping over themselves to go get the damn beverage. Not working out. Oh, uh, so okay, this this cage match that might happen between Mark Zuckerberg and Elon Musk, nerd fight. Boy, that's something that uh, everybody wants to see. But apparently, Dana White of UFC thinks everybody wants to see it. Uh, he says that a fight like this could bring in one billion dollars. One billion dollars to see two guys, uh, two nerds, go at it. I mean, there there might be more hitting than a Floyd Mayweather uh, boxing match in this thing. There might be. I don't know how good the hitting's going to be, but uh, that's what he's saying. You'll draw in eyeballs. Just uh, kind of curious parties going. What the hell is this? We'll see if that happens. Because because I guess kind of came about on uh, social media and, and uh, Zuckerberg said I'm game. So it will be uh, Hank Scorpio versus uh, Zuckerbot. We'll, uh, we'll uh, wait for that. Oh, by the way, uh, on the Mike Davidson Facebook page, a few stories to kind of wrap up st- uh, stuff here. Uh, another city, uh, another day in the life of Walgreens. Somebody's robbing the place, this time in New York City. Uh, and it was caught on camera by several people holding up their stupid cell phones. Guy walks into a Walgreens. You know how everything now, uh, if, uh, if your city has more than 17 people living in it, Everything's now behind a plastic uh, shelving thing, right? Uh, the dude goes in there with a blowtorch, melts the door, and takes about $450 worth of stuff. And there's two or three people just standing there uh, taping the damn thing, and he walks off. Now, they were able to arrest this guy in New York City for doing that, and he's facing charges. But it just kind of shows where the priorities are and i know i've been bitching about city governments in places like new york chicago san fran uh you know going lax on crime uh and you know not helping the police out any not helping out the citizens that are you know concerned about this because well you know the idiots are running the asylum now but there are two or three people there that could have used the damn device that they're taping up with they could have called 911 and they chose not to. And it seems to me in, in places like that, uh, you're less likely to give a damn. There's less likely a chance for you to have a soul. And maybe that's why we're seeing so many damn uh, Titanic submersible memes. It's it's better to get the video, the camera, the meme out there. And trust me, I love posting memes. But damn, if, if some if crime's being committed, call the damn cops, man. Don't Don't just sit there going, okay, I'm taping this. Um, I don't know how I feel about this story. Uh, well, I know how I feel about this. I, it's not good. Uh, USDA has given the thumbs up to a couple of um, fake meat companies to uh, go out and uh, sell lab-grown meat. And here's the thing. If, if the animal, if, if the meat in question never blinked a moment in its life, it's not meat. If it's grown in a lab... It's not meat. It seems more disgusting than actually taking a cow or a pig to a slaughterhouse because at least you know where uh, your bacon or your steak comes from. Not too uh, quite sold on what where this lab meat's coming from. But then again, I'm not from PETA, and I'm not willing just to uh, ingest chemicals that uh, look like meat here. And I've got nothing against vegans or vegetarians. I mean, if you are 
somebody that detests meat and you're like, hey, I, I want to eat healthier and all that stuff, knock yourself out, man. I mean, I'm not going to stop you. I'm not going to stay in your way. But uh, making things look like meat that aren't meat, uh, it just there's something a bit unsettling about that. Uh, one guy that doesn't give a shit about vegans, uh, this uh, British celebrity chef that's retired to Perth, Australia. He has an, uh, a restaurant. And uh, he went on a viral rant about how he is no longer serving vegans. He says, F you, get out. You're not welcome to my restaurant. And I'm sure that, that went over like a lead balloon. Uh, I, you can't really card anybody to see if they're a vegan. But I think his thing is, is like, look, if you want me to make food specially for you, it's not going to happen. Just uh, eat, what, eat what's on the menu and trust that the salad doesn't have too many bacon bits in it. And no word on how he feels about those who are gluten-free or have peanut allergies. <laughs> I mean, God damn, I mean, you, you, um, this, this is a guy that's probably been cooking off his life. And, you know, he's, he's retired from the celebrity, uh, jet set in England. He's in Australia, just running his own restaurant. Yeah. I can kind of see how, uh, he might be a little upset about that stuff. And if he feels like he could do without a few people, uh, uh, wanting lab grown meat and more power to him. Uh, there is a health group, by the way, stay, staying on this meat jag here. Uh, there is a group um, based out of New York concerned about this uh, minor league baseball team in uh, Georgia going by the name of Macon Bacon. Uh, not for the reason that you would think when you hear the term Macon Bacon, but because bacon is deadly and glorifies eating pork and they want them to use the Macon Facon Bacon, which... Nobody wants to ever be making faking bacon because it's just not satisfying, right? Uh, making bacon, just tell tell these advocates to F.O. It's a name. Um, and it, there's nothing wrong with having a couple pieces of bacon on a, a Saturday morning for breakfast. It's usually when you eat the sleeve that it's a, it's a problem. Um, but if you were to rename a ball club... Because you you look at the the team formerly known as the Redskins, the team formerly known as the Indians. What are they going by? Commanders, Guardians. Uh, so they went with uh, you know something that's a bit controversial and pointed to something bland. Imagine thinking bacon. Imagine thinking bacon is a terrible thing. I I, I can't not at all. Uh, God bless America and keep keep on making bacon. All right, with that all said and done, I'm done. Until next time, stay fresh, cheese bags. You've been listening to Mike Davidson Live. Be sure to check him out on social media. Like him at facebook.com backslash mdavidsonlives. Follow him on Twitter. Look for at Davidson Live.